Hello, this is Chris from Darker Days Radio, still at Dragon Meat, and I am with Robin Laws from Pelgrim Press. Pel- Pelgrim Press, among other things, yes. And among other things, of course, Ken and Robin talk about stuff. Did you just do a live show? We just did a live show, uh, which will be dropping uh, later this month. Excellent. And uh, you have a new product coming out for basically the gumshoe system. Yes. Which is focusing on what It's exactly? called the Yellow King role-playing game. And so this uh, takes the classic horror mythos created by uh, Robert W. Chambers in four very influential short stories in 1895 and expands them out uh, by way of ideas that I previously developed in a short story collection called New Tales of the Yellow Sign. And it takes the expanded version of the Chambers horror universe that I uh, devised there and puts it in a role-playing context. And so uh, the uh, interesting or innovative thing about this is that it has four different uh, settings or sequences that all interrelate. Okay. So the uh, the first of these is Paris in 1895 in the Belle Epoque, okay, where you cool. can go and interact with the Impressionists, and uh, you can meet Marie Curie or all of the... Uh, interesting Parisian occultists of that period. You have my interest definitely there now. And uh, uh, so that is all about the interacting with the fun and history of that classic uh, period and place. The second one is called The Wars. This uh, is set in 1947 in the Continental War that was ravaging Europe as different war machines, sort of Jules Verne style uh, things fight each other and you're French infantrymen, or you have some other weird mission, uh, and you start to realize that there's something very peculiar about this war, as if a, uh, perhaps a strange, sinister play has caused a uh, an, uh, horrible branch in, in history that has led to something bizarre. So uh, it's weird wars it's kind weird, of thing. Yeah. It's weird wars with a chamber's twist. Uh, the next one is called Aftermath. That's set in the present day, but not our present day, okay. but rather the one in which uh, revolutionary uh, cells have finally overthrown the uh, authoritarian Castain regime in America. And so basically this takes the delusional world depicted in the classic story, The Repair of Reputations, advances the timeline as if the bad guys in that story won, and they've only now, a hundred years later, been defeated. And you're okay. the people who helped defeat them, and you are trying to decide, do I go back to my regular life? Do I try to rebuild American democracy, which has been unfamiliar for a hundred years. Oh, but wait a minute, there's still traces of the weird supernatural power behind the old regime, and you're oh. the ones who are qualified to go and hunt those down. So we so we kind of get technology influenced by the occultism that has yes, spawned but it, up. But, it's, but technology has been held back by uh, authoritarianism, so that right. uh, the... Uh, people have VHS machines, but they don't have digital video. There's no right. internet. There's no cell phones. It's really changes investigation. And, uh, you know, genetics are just in their early stages. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, because the, all of the scientists for the last uh, 100 years have been working on uh, uh, Carcosan magic applications rather than on basic technology that we have in our world. It, it gives me, um, I think it gives me a... It, it, it reminds me a little bit of where Cthulhu Tech went with, with some of their Cthulhu science stuff. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So like it's, sort of a, it's sort of a sideways post, post-dystopian yes. world. Okay, cool. Um, and then finally, the last of them is called This Is Normal Now. Right. It's set in our world. Right. Uh, and you play the same characters that you played 
in Aftermath, except you're the mundane version of those. Okay. So the uh, person who was the leader of the revolutionary cell and the repairer of the government lethal chambers, uh, well, you know, now you're a, a washing machine repairman or you run a weed dispensary. Or right. The, and the, uh, the demolitions expert, well, now he's just a security guard in a mall. And uh, again, strange... A yellow sign connected things begin to happen and you realize that your reality is just one of a number of stupid realities that uh, that is still being menaced by Carcosa. And so uh, you can play any one of these sequences, you can play them in one shots, but the ultimate uh, way of playing it is to run the four sequences in succession yeah. where each one has callbacks and connections to the one before so it feels like uh, a narrative that is building and you're uh, sort of doing kind of fan references to the previous installments and stuff. So uh, when you create your characters in the wars, you create a connection to your previous character. And, and like I uh, said, the aftermath and this is normal now characters are weird, refracted versions of each other. Wow. And so, um, so this new core game gumshoe with these scenarios, that's when are we expecting that to be uh, out? That'll be uh, out in regular release in January. Okay. Um, and it, it, and uh, are there things that will come after it that build upon these? Uh, yeah, so companion project uh, products that come, they'll be released at the same time. Uh, there's Absinthe and Carcosa, which is our uh, facsimile edition of a uh, scrapbook created by an 1890s five uh, uh, art student in Paris who got involved with strange occult activities okay. and has taken uh, several guidebooks to life in Paris pasted out the adventure irrelevant portions, put them on the page oh, right. with weird scrawled marginal notes of warning and how to use these when your investigations. And uh, uh, these were all uh, taken using uh, excerpts of actual period books that I uh, specified which segments to use. And then right. the, the brilliant uh, document artist, Dean Engelhart, took those and created the marginal scrawls and found all these other great visual elements to add in. And it's just a really... Uh, beautiful full-color yeah. item that you flip through and as players it's a player-facing giant handbook yeah. that you then use to decide what you want to investigate and what life is like for you as art students in Paris um, and there's also a novel that uh, called The Missing and, and the Lost uh, which uh, is my uh, novel continuation of the characters in one of the short stories in New Tales of the Yellow Sign and is the uh, set in the aftermath universe because that's the one that is furthest from a clear genre that you can point at and so this one is another sort of this is what mysteries are like in this world with there's level of political contact and the, the post dystopian world and the way that the uh, supernatural elements play out in the center wow that's that's a yeah that's going to be really really interesting to read as a as a splinter timeline um is there anything else you would like to mention while we're at it that you think is worthy to highlight that's been recent? That um, the uh, very recent thing is uh, uh, Knights Black Agents uh, Solo Ops, oh, yes, which yeah. is our continuation of the one-to-one -one line. Uh, this is Gar Hanrahan's uh, adaptation of uh, that set of rules to the Knights Black Agents universe. And one-to-one uh, -one is all about, as it says, one player, one GM. Oh, right, Super right. intense, focused uh, role-playing and, and quite a different experience. Cool. Excellent. Right, I think that covers everything. There's a lot to... I think people are going to listen to this and listen back to it again and again to digest this. Um, 
and mostly it will help them really get into what this book is before even before it lands on their doorstep. Yes, yes. when you um, get the, the it's, it's uh, four books in a slipcase. Oh, it's four books in a slipcase. Uh, awesome. It, we uh, for, uh, well, this, this is audio, so we're not going to describe no, this no, physical but, object. But the slipcase is always also really beautiful. It uh, uh, man- magnetically clips around the four okay. books, folds out into two GM screens. Oh wow! It's just a really gorgeous uh, physical Excellent. project. Well, thank you for taking your time to explain all of that. I think my mind is slightly melting with uh, ideas for it already. Then my work here is done, sir. Excellent. And if you want more Dragon Meat stuff, there are episodes going up all the time for this. And stay tuned for content from Pax Unplugged. And ciao for now. Radio and we are at Dragon Meat and today we are discussing a horror game which is at being published by Modifius and it went through Kickstarter or at least Modifius are definitely distributing and the game is called Liminal and so I'm joined by Paul who is a creator of it. That's right yeah hi Chris. Um, which is is first time we've met up because we seemingly live in the same city in Sheffield. Um, so it's okay. So obviously, it's a it's a horror. So Liminal is a horror RPG that is very much rooted in folklore, and would I say um, maybe kind of a bit of um, urban weird and also folk horror. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the book, having you know had a chance to really delve through it before getting to Dragon Meat, um, it it has. Obviously, heavy vibes of everything British because the vast majority of the setting descriptions in there are about places like York, about places like um, uh, Durham, for example. So, so you've you've I think the, the the first unique selling point I'd say, having played a lot of World of Darkness games, is here's a book that screams Britishness and horror that goes with that, and what's unique to the British Isles about that. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, the thing about the British Isles, obviously it's not the only country that has that feature. Yeah. But every every village you go to, there's centuries of history. Yeah. At the very least, there's going to be a church that's hundreds of years old. Definitely. When you're going to somewhere bigger, there's going to be horrible historical events. You know, anywhere. And that is going to, in the world of Liminal, leave its mark. It's going to leave ghosts. It's going to leave ghost realms. And then, of course, there's things that are preying on that mm. so with Liminal what kind of prompts you to want to write this game where did it where did it spawn forth from I think it was mostly a fascination with sort of history especially local history yes okay. and with folklore and I also thought there's things I definitely want in this game yeah that nothing else quite does on the market you know things are maybe 80% of the way there yeah, I mean, I, I would say, for me personally, the closest thing I found as a comp- as comparable kind of... But it's not like a whole game in itself. The only nearest comparable project was, um, I think it was Shadows of the UK for Chronicles of... What was, well, what was New World of Darkness and it's Chronicles of Darkness. But again, when you look at it, it's 
it's within the framework of well, of of New World of Darkness, and it has all that baggage of vampire clans. And you've clearly take gone with different takes on vampires and werewolves. You don't yeah. have all these. Uh, how can we say? Byzantine politics of those creatures. Right. I mean, the the great strength of World of Darkness type stuff is the pole mythos. Yeah. But it's also sometimes a weakness. It's, it's yeah. It's an anchor around your neck half the time. So so Liminal gives you a lot more freedom to re-explore these archetypes. Absolutely. And of course, Liminal. I mean, one thing part of that as well as part of the setting, there are various factions involved. Yes. And. I wanted to just go mad with the factions. So, for example, the Council of Merlin, they're weakened, they're the very academic wizards, yes. very posh wizards, yeah, somewhat misogynist wizards. Oh, right, and That okay. comes across a little. So they've got, they've, uh, I mean, reading them, they've, they've got the classic kind of thing of maybe kind of a Watcher's Council or Talamask. Yeah, absolutely, kind of yeah, there's, there's a bit of that too. Yeah. It, and then you've also got some very dirty street uh, wizards, which I think have a... Quite a good Neverwhere kind of feel to yeah, them. Yeah, there's that's the, definitely coming in there. And Neverwhere is obviously a huge influence to this. As so well. there's Neverwhere, there's Ben Aranovich, there's bits even of Clive Bark, who mentioned the Talamasca side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else popped out. I mean, the artwork throughout is really good. There's a lot of, uh, and it's always good because, like, again, it's using a lot of photographic art manipulation of like you know that are recognisable. Like, oh, that's the shambles in York, which yeah. I really appreciated. Um, so, what, where is Liminal going then? Like, what's your your dream for it as it evolves? Because obviously, it came to Kickstarter, and you've got mostly a few more things on the horizon that are coming out. There's that, one new PDF out or book coming out soon. That's right. So, I mean, the Kickstarter funded sort of a series of books. Yeah. So, what we've got coming out next will be well, the next big book is. Pax Londinium, which is the liminal book of London. Okay. So if I say, okay, London's not the UK, you know, liminal was very much exploring the rest of the country. Yeah. But that's going to be, that's an interesting focus, an interesting place to set stuff. Excellent. And there's interesting things going on about north and south of the river in that book. So I should shout out to the author, Neil Gow. Right, okay, yeah. And then while I'm doing this, while I'm talking about that, the other PDFs, what I'm doing is... I'm putting sort of short adventures. Right. And I'm just releasing those when I feel like it. Yeah. yeah because I can. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, like, one of the things, obviously, for me, what excites me is delving into, as you say, the local kind of mythos, well, mythology and lore in places, yeah. because um, I put out on the ST vault for Chronicles of Darkness something that's based on my hometown, of, that, uh, which is a really nice way of doing it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's Kington in Herefordshire, so obviously it's the origin of... Um, it's the uh, Black Vaughan, which is the basis for Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah. And again, when you're writing these things, I've had feedback from people that run it in the US. It's like, oh, wow, this is like... There's no guns, and locals are a bit weird in these towns. <laughs> and I think... I think one of the things that's important, and I think, I think again, Liminal kind of gets across when it talks about how you can move, like... Though the British Isles seems rather small compared to the US, some places are still so isolated, and that's kind of that is scary. Yeah, it is. I agree. I mean, that's the whole folk horror vibe. I think it's the horror of the countryside comes into that a lot. You know, these strange small villages and small customs. Okay, singing and burning people in Wicker Men, maybe, but that's 
Would rather an extreme example. Do you think, because, I mean, obviously folk horror is definitely a, a very obvious genre to fit in. Do you think, um, like, I would also think Urban Weird, the idea of isolation within a city, yeah. is also something that can be easily explored in London because such a huge place it's quite ob- it's quite easy to get lost within I think even Neverwhere is kind of hits that kind of thing where you you you, you overlook people and because you overlook them you miss the fact that actually down that alleyway they're doing some really dirty street magic absolutely yes I mean it is and again I mean another big theme coming in I'm not sure how clearly that came across is the characters the liminals yeah are people who they, they don't fit into the normal world. You know, they've seen too much about this. They know this is real, this weird stuff out there. And then there's the... But on the other hand, they're human still. Or at least yes. partly human. They're not part of the magical world. Yeah. So the factions are just going to dick them around. Yeah. And at the same time, they're weird in the normal world. So they're trying to find a way to fit in. Sort of a purpose there, even. Yeah, I think, again, like, because, I mean, for our, our listeners, obviously, they'd be more accustomed, because I, I, I compare and contrast it, because I think it may, it helps people see what bits they can go, oh, I've played this game, so I see where, there's, how I can easily jump into it and take that theme and run with it in a different f- framework where that liminal gives. I think, again, not fitting in and trying to find where you fit in seems very, like, changing lost. Kind oh, of yeah, there's, there's definitely parts of and the world. And Fae stuff is so strong in this book as well, because I was, like, looking at the different Fae courts that you, you have, like, the um, the Winter King is based in Snowdon, and then you've got uh, the Queen of Hyde Park, who's under the bridge uh, that goes over the Serpentine That's right, yeah. Lake. Is that right? Um, so, so then the question is... Which so you're doing London? Which other city books do you want to? What other city books or locations are you really kind of okay. like? You know, do you think that's the one I have to do next if you could do it? So we're doing a big book of general locations. Okay. So, and very much expanded, sort of going from instead of most of these things in the main book are about five hundred words. We're yeah. only going to fifteen hundred words for these. I mean, places I'm fascinated by personally. I'd probably include places like York. Yes, York of course. York is sort of fascinating. Uh, but one that's actually definitely coming is Nova Castria, okay. which is based around, well, the northeast, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I'm currently thinking up a, a scenario that I want to write for a demo scenario and then maybe put out, but um, is Sheffield because it has the river... Oh, what was it? Is it river... Is it the River Dunn? Because it, it turns up in a in a in lyrics by Holt about sacrifices to it. So there's some legend. Oh, I didn't there. know that one. I don't know. I'll have one. to dig that one out for you. And obviously, Manchester has a lot of good history. Manchester's huge as well. Because John Dee was there, so I'm sure some way the um, the order of the the order of Merlin guys will be like, oh yeah, we we were there. We we were involved in that guy. Or maybe they weren't. Maybe he was some evil, well, I say evil, but at least a heretic to you. Well, one of the Oxbridge colleges is D College. Yeah, know, exactly, so. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's all this good stuff. I mean, um, oh, there's so many things you can fit into it. I think that's, the, for me personally, and I think for a British and even European audience, it's, it'll feel really familiar and, easy, and much more easily accessible because they'll have seen these places in, like, BBC dramas and yeah. and or vis- easily visited um I think that's I think that's the joy of it. That's the real joy of it. And 
Are there European locations that you've There are some European locations. So there's a German translation coming. Oh, brilliant. And okay. there will be a Germany book coming cool. out. Yeah, Berlin. Be Berlin's massively weird because we yeah. were, again, something else to write. Uh, Johannes Kunkel, the legend Johannes Kunkel. Do you, yes. Whereas he's brilliant. Um, the, the, what is it they called him? The, the, the wizard with ruby eyes? Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? So it's the fun of, thing, the fun fa facts about that is the rubies they were making uh, were artificial rubies, which obviously at the time they didn't realise are used in modern lasers. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you could tie that together. He's the ghost with laser eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it, yeah. That's. I mean, obviously, because um, I've read a lot of stuff in Venice, I'd be keen to see Liminal uh, hit Italy. Because yeah. again, there's some really weird stuff that we've covered on the podcast, like some of the, like there's a forest that got turned to stone kind of thing, and well, and stuff like or that. Things like, or even you know things. I mean, like the Great Cave near yeah. Chester, where they were sort of mining marble, and I think that'd be a wonderful sort of fey realm. But thinking back, actually, Liminal, like the the, the approach Liminal's taking, I think with the German translation is exciting because again, Germany is this vast area of Germany where you've now got towns becoming ghost towns because people have moved away. Oh yeah, there's all sorts to do in the east. I mean, oh. I, yeah, but I lived I lived in Germany for six years. I lived so there for three it. years. Oh, I lived in Bochum. Oh really? I was in Göttingen. So. Right. Okay. So so um, yeah, we've I been know following each other sort of around. Yeah, strange. not really meeting. Um, that's cool. Yeah, okay. German translation. So will we get um will the content for the German one also be available in English? Yes, it will be. There's a plan for that, so fucking awesome. Oh uh, right. Yeah, and, and I've got ideas about the Hearts Mountains and things like that. So. Right. That's really good. Oh wow. So there's a lot on the horizon there. Definitely. And then um so like the guys um told me Cole on the Modiphius stand told me like they only had like what was it 150 copies because so much was sold on the Kickstarter it's, but they had only that it's many gone UK games crazy, where they went gone. I mean, recently I did another print run of 1500 copies. Right. So hopefully that will last. Actually, no, I hope it sells out instantly. And it's a nice. But it might. It'll probably last. It's, a, a, it's more of a. It's not quite an A5. It's a slightly larger than A5. Yeah, slightly larger. Yeah, so, so it's, it's more like a reader's digest. Is that? I don't know. It's it's not quite a big huge tome. It's more. Yeah, and, and I really like that sort of form factor for things. Yes, in this day and age, yeah, it feels like it fit in bags a lot easier. Um, and yeah, the, so mechanically, the game's quite simple. I was going looking over it, and it's it's very streamlined in that it's a it's a two d six dice pool system with extra dice bottled yeah, onto it. Yeah, but it's just two d six. Add your skill. Yeah, and that's I spend mean, will if you don't. And if anyone's it. played War Machine or Hordes or played the Iron Kingdoms roleplay game, that's pretty familiar as yeah. well. Yeah, I deliberately wasn't going to, I suppose, exotic in chase. No, of core but, but the thing is, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a glutton for dice pool mechanics, where it's either you're rolling a dice pool and it's count successes, or you're rolling a fixed type of die as a pool. Because the thing is beautiful bell curves and so you can eyeball the odds of how good something is because yeah. you just know it shifts neatly um, rather than not for you the D20s or D100s where you're just like oh wow or when someone goes oh I, I which is better is it a, do I want a D4 plus one or do I want to have a D6 modifier which is better you get into those really weird mechanical mathematics where for you sort of want people, it smooth don't it's you? unaccessible whereas someone just going how much better am I it's like you get an extra D6 they're like that's good. Um, what else can we say about Liminal? Um, 
So, so yeah, quick adventures then are on the horizon, then quick scenarios. Yes. Um, and again, they'll be through drive through RPG. They'll be through drive through RPG. And eventually, I guess, collected together in a hard copy. That's the plan. That yeah. sounds a good. But I've route. got about sort of probably about a dozen or more of them. Yeah. I mean, we've got four at the moment, and no, that's, a load more that's, coming. That's so. Cool. Um, and then yeah, so Paxil and Dinium, and have you got anything else that isn't liminal? that you want to talk about? Like, you've, you've got other things on the horizon, or is this your main focus it's for now? It's probably my main focus. I mean, other things, I'm probably going into sort of other genres and things I'm tampering, you know, tampering with. So there's sort of a world-hopping sort of fantasy game called Beyond Red Forces. That'll probably be kick-starting in the new year. Okay, cool. Excellent. And, that, and then... Um then I guess that hopefully we'll see that again team up with Nibiphius for distribution. I hope so. That's a, that's it seems like a I mean, it's a really nice arrangement. Yeah, I mean, that's Nibiphius the beauty of them. They, they're really covering um, UK and Europe really well with, again, either they're publishing games themselves or they're really good at distributing them at this side. Oh, yeah, of the I mean, look at what they're doing with Free Ligon, for example. It's probably. Just picked up the alien RPG for uh, James because it was like he needed a he needed a present for his early Christmas present and it looks like a great uh, a great book. Yeah, um, I haven't bought that yet, but I've played it and it is beautiful in play. All I'm all I'm gonna have to say is like I'm gonna have to go back through all this because we're going back through. So what we're doing for Darker Days, we're going through all the secret frequency segments that we've done for the show mm. and turn them into storyteller vault um, stuff. Nice. But again, the point is, and I think this is the one thing where some of the content we're doing like James used to live on the Isle of Wight so so he's doing a chapter oh, which is system agnostic so we're putting it under Storyteller Vault for Chronicles of Darkness but actually there's no rules oh, in it I'll have a look at that so so, I, so I'm originally from Southampton oh right well you're going to have and to talk to James every family holiday was on the Isle of Wight right right and, and it's a really it's a weird place it has like wooden statues of fish and it's got the rails that go loops all the way around it and yeah. if you think about iron rails oh what there's a fencing off type thing yeah and you can and like, play with bits of sort Ar- of because the Isle of Wight I was looking at this to help James finish up writing like the Isle of Wight's entomology comes from the place of division and it's like it's screaming out for like fey crap going on yeah definitely um, so yeah um, that's pretty cool well I think we've covered enough like there's, there's a lot there. All I can say is people do need to pick it up, especially even if they're not going to run Liminal per se, it is still a fantastic source book to get you more into what the British Isles is like, uh, how the, how we think and how, how we're connected to our history through folklore and legends at a very local level. Um, so I think it's a really good book whether you're playing exactly the game or you're just using it for any kind of horror, which is always good. We like to mix all our stuff up. Um, but thank you for Well, thank you, Chris, for inviting me, me on. It's all right. Um, we'll have to catch up with you in person again when there's some more books out. I'm, I'm sure we'll manage it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, um, there's going to be some more Dragon Meat content. Uh, stay tuned for that. And there'll be a live play of Wrath and Glory, and we've got pictures and everything. And obviously, if you want, I'm not going to list off all the social media stuff right now. But good point, but because you can find that normally. But for anyone wanting to find out more about Liminal, what is your social media website kind of stuff? Where's the best place to find out stuff? So you can find me on Twitter, where I'm called the Tweedmeister. Excellent. And you can also find my 
I suppose my blog, my occasional blog, which is the the Imaginarium of Dr. Mitch. Cool. Okay, well, um, we'll put those all in the show notes so people can find it easily with that. And again, thank you very much. Okay. And we'll, we'll be back with more content. So bye. Thank you.